Well, good morning. Merry Christmas to everyone. I hope that your celebration so far with family and friends is going good. And then also we have a wonderful group here this morning. And then we have many joining us online. So the best warm wishes I send to you guys and wish you uh, Merry Christmas as your celebrations continue throughout uh, the weekend and then the weeks to come as well. Of course, with it being the Sunday after Christmas, we are going to be discussing the wise men and the Magi this morning and the continuation of the Christmas story and the significance of what these wise men represent. As Christians, there's much that we can take with us from the piece of scripture that we're going to be reading here in just a second. And there's a reason why God's word refers to these men as being men of wisdom. And we will cover this in the passage. So I invite you now to read along with me as we read the chapter of chapter two of Matthew verses one through twelve. And the scripture is also on the screens behind me. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where's the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his stars at rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. They say that wise men still seek him today. And my friends, this is nothing short of the absolute truth. Because anyone who seeks Jesus Christ is displaying the ultimate form of wisdom. After all, nobody can offer true life more than Jesus Christ himself. But these wise men set an example for us to follow every day. And there are a few things that I really want to point out to you this morning that we can take away from these men who have found their way into history in just this small chapter. Now, when I say wise men, we must first understand who these individuals were. And by studying scripture, we can get a good idea of just who they were. The Bible doesn't go into great detail on these men because it already tells us everything that we do need to know. The important facts are given in this chapter. But as wise men, we can also gather from the Old Testament that they were most likely from Babylon. We know this because when we study the Old Testament and the scripture that Daniel prophesies to the Magi about the coming of a Messiah. So these men had most likely been educated in scripture and knew 
what most likely was taking place when the Christ child was born. You see, these men studied stars, they studied the prophecies, they studied scripture, and they did all of this for a living. And so when this wondrous light appeared up in the sky, they were prepared to see what had happened. And so they began to seek this child and where he was born. Now, this is the first point uh, of the piece of scripture that I really want to put an emphasis on this morning. Seeking. Seeking the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is where it all begins. When these men of wisdom began their search for the Christ child, they had many difficulties ahead of them. For instance, the distance between Babylon and where Jesus was was about 300 miles. And we must remember that back then they didn't have cars, they didn't have airplanes, they didn't have trains. So the distance to travel was really no easy task. It was tough terrain. And these men had to travel this path on camel or on horseback. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I drive 300 miles, it makes me pretty tired. And that's in just a comfortable automobile. I can't imagine the discomfort that these men felt when they had to travel 300 miles on the back of an animal. As many know, Denver, Colorado is 432 miles away from Salina, Kansas. And when I make that drive, I'm always looking forward to making pit stops in Colby or Lyman, Colorado, just to get out and stretch. And I can't imagine how making a 300-mile trip on the back of a horse or a camel, how exhausting that would be. It's an adventure in its own. Not only that, but the fact that King Herod was on lookout as well. He had the intentions of having this new Messiah killed. And he called these wise men into his chambers to have their help finding Christ and letting him know where they could find him so that he could go himself and worship him. Now all we have all we know about King Herod is that he was very evil. He had many of his own members of his family killed. This included his wives and even his own children, his own sons on behalf of his demand. And so he sets the scene for adding even more troubles and obstacles for these wise men as they begin to, their trip to find this new born king. So the difficulties are piling up for the Magi as they seek this Messiah. And we still see these difficulties creeping up for those who seek the Lord Jesus Christ in today's world. Sometimes it can be even silly as the weather. In seminary, I was reading a book and it had a story about the late Adrian Rogers, who was a Baptist preacher. And one morning, on a Sunday morning, real early, he got up and he started to roll out of bed. And as soon as he put his feet on the ground... He heard a loud clap of thunder. And his wife, who was in the bed right beside him, said, Adrian, did you just hear that? He said, what, dear? He said, 3,000 Christians just rolled back over and went back to sleep. Now, with it being wintertime, many wake up early and we see that it's still dark outside. It's cold. So instead of getting up and spending time with our father, we hit the snooze button and we roll back over cover up, and go back to sleep. Others may focus on other tasks at hand. They may get up and begin cleaning, doing laundry, cooking, and others maybe even picking up their phone and catching up on what's happening on social media. Now, I can tell you from experience that as you begin your search for God and, and his will for your life, you're going to come across many difficulties. 
These obstacles will be part of your journey. You see, if it wasn't important, then the evil one wouldn't be working so hard to place these obstacles before you and to throw you off course. The Magi could have easily said that this trip was too far or that their lives were in danger of finding the Christ child and not, then not reporting back to King Herod where they had found him. And so I ask you, what is your difficulty that may lie ahead of you as you build your relationship with Christ? What's trying to stop you from knowing him? I heard a story a couple years ago about a, a couple that had been married for quite some time. The wife came into the living room one evening and she asked her husband if he wanted dinner. The man replied, what are my choices? The wife said, yes or no. Every day we wake up and we're forced to make choices. We choose to brush our teeth, to comb our hair, to get dressed and to look presentable for the day. Then we choose to eat breakfast and go to work. And all of these things are important for our daily lives. But how much more is it important to give our time to God? To mark out that special time frame of the day when we can carve into our schedules time to spend in the word and in prayer and in meditation with God. Because what we are doing in reality when we do that is seeking God day in and day out, inviting him into our lives and to help us with every single decision. And who better is there to ask? As we continue on in this passage, we see that the wise men didn't let the difficulties of this long journey and the threat of King Herod disrupt their mission in finding Jesus. And the same determination that the wise men had thousands of years ago still rings true today. That if you put forth the effort into finding out who God is and seeking him, he will show himself to you. He wants to be found. And he is waiting with open arms for us to come to him. Now, the second point that we can gather from Matthew chapter 2 is the significance of the gifts that are given by the wise men. For instance, we have gold. In those days, gold had a special meaning. It resembled royalty. It was, it was what made up the crowns that the kings would wear upon their heads. And the wise men knew this. And we can gather that, that uh, we can see why they gave gold as one of their gifts. They were signifying that this young child was royalty. They were showing that Jesus was a king. And we know him today as the king of kings. And even though Herod was ruling, these courageous men brought forth a gift that was worth or worthy of royalty. Now, the second gift that we all know of is frankincense. Frankincense was an important ingredient in a perfume that was used in the tabernacles and the temples when worshiping God. This shows us that the wise men acknowledge Jesus and his deity. They, they acknowledge him as God. The word of God tells us that frankincense was not to be used for any other purpose other than to worship the God of the Most High. So now we see them not only worshiping Jesus as king, but acknowledging him as God as well. And we can find assurance in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And the wise men were bringing forth the truth of this prophecy. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. 
The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. And the third gift that the Word of God points out is the gift of myrrh. And just as as the previous two gifts had significant meaning, the third gift also represents something really special. It actually serves as a foretelling of what's to come in Jesus' life. You see, myrrh was a bitter herb. And in Mark chapter 15, verse 23, we read that the wine that they gave Jesus as he hung upon the cross was mixed with the bitter herb of myrrh. It also served as a substance that they used to use to embalm those who had passed away. Now, did the wise men know what they were doing? We're not really sure if they, if they fully understood, especially with myrrh, but we can be sure that God knew what he was doing. So the significance of these gifts served us the purpose of why Jesus came. Gold to show that he is the one true king, the king of kings. And frankincense shows us that these men knew that Jesus was God in the flesh. And myrrh to prophesy what was to come. That Christ would die on the cross and deliver us from our sins and open up the eternal gateway to a personal relationship with our Father. Now, earlier I mentioned that the Magi had difficulties that lied ahead, and and they seeked the Christ child. The trip itself would be difficult due to the distance needed to be traveled, and Herod was waiting for them, waiting for them to come back and to tell them where this Christ child was. And so out of jealousy, pride, and fear, Herod was planning to murder this child. But the Magi still went forward, guided by a star that would move and lead them to a savior. They didn't let the trouble and the effort needed to travel the 300 miles stop them. They didn't let the fear of Herod's lies and intentions hold them back, worrying about what would happen to them and what would happen to Jesus. They displayed their faith. They put their troubles in the hands of God. And followed what he had put on their heart. You see, we learn from science of the human body that the heart has many pieces. It has valves and ventricles that serve a great purpose to provide life to all of our bodies. But what they don't mention is that when God created us, he put a spot within the human heart that it's vacant. And this vacancy is provided for God himself and for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is for him. And the heart of mankind can never be fully functioning or reach its complete potential without man letting God come into his heart and work within their lives. This is something that the wise men knew. It was why they were considered to be so wise. But when troubles and obstacles occurred in the search for Christ, they still had to make a choice. Would they seek this newborn king or take the easy path of life and remain on the same old pathway that many mistakenly choose? This question has echoed throughout time. This last fall, we studied the kingdom section of the Old Testament 
And when we read the book of Joshua and we see in chapter 5, verse 13 and 14, an important conversation between Joshua and the angel of the Lord. It goes, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. I have now come as commander of the Lord's army. Then Joshua fell face down in reverence and asked him, what does my Lord have to say to his servant? You see, God doesn't take sides. He asked us to take his side. And Joshua chose the correct side. And he goes on to to provide even more evidence in chapter 24, 15, when he explains, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves to this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Now, fast forward many years into the time that the Magi are seeking the Christ child. The question was still present to those who searched to fill the vacancy in their heart with a savior. They brought forth gifts and worshiped him. The effort to travel a great distance and the threat of a king who idolized him so, himself so much that he was considered crazy didn't stop them. They made the choice. And today that same question still presents itself to every man and every woman who walks the face of the earth. Our daily lives are filled with choices. But the biggest choice that someone can make in their entire lives is if they will seek Jesus Christ. Obstacles will still present themselves and try to throw us off course. We still have adultery. We still have lust. We still have laziness. We often use the excuses of, I'm too tired. The weather is bad. My schedule is too packed with with so many other things. How am I supposed to get them done? Maybe even, I'm afraid. What will happen if I fully surrender to God? What things will change? Right now, I'm comfortable. The excuses are never ending. But I ask you now, what's your excuse? What's keeping you from seeking a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ? What choice are you going to make? Will you take the easier path? Or or will you allow the example of Joshua who declared that his house would serve the Lord? And will you do the same as the wise men did thousands of years ago? And what wise men are still doing to this very day? Seeking Jesus Christ. Getting to know him better. Building that personal relationship with him. And honoring him as your king as your God, and as your Savior. The choice is yours. Let us bow our heads. And Father, we come to you today to honor and to worship you, to seek you and your guidance on all that we do. We open our hearts to your presence and to ask you to fulfill your will for our lives as we see fit and as you see fit, Father. 
May we continue to seek you day after day and night after night to grow in our divine relationship with you. The one true king, the one true God, and the one true savior. We pray all of this through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our savior. We love you. Amen.